street below Alfred says I have trouble with intimacy But people often die when they get close to me I'm kicking and punching folks, welcome back to the DC Threekly Batman and Robin Eternal podcast. Uh, this week it's issue number 24 that we're going to be going over. And uh, as always, I'm here with Brian and Zach. I'm Vince. And we are going to take you through the issue and discuss uh, how we felt about it and uh, a couple little tidbits. And so we will be spoiling the events of the issue. So uh, if you haven't read Batman and Robin Eternal number 24... Please go and do that before you listen to this, unless you like being spoiled. Um, that's that's a totally valid uh, thing to do as well, and I don't care what anyone says about that. <laughs> okay, we'll start with the plot here. Um, when we last left our heroes, Dick was uh, headed for the Arctic Circle, um, going after Mother, ostensibly. Um so we open in the Arctic Circle. Dick is there he, with his snowmobile. He's getting calls from the rest of the team. We're seeing how they're doing. Uh, the rest of the team is all fighting in various parts of the world. We see, uh, you know, Batgirl in Paris, and you know, ev- every member of the Bat family is somewhere else in the world. And they happen to be fighting right next to all the major landmarks, so <laughs> we can quickly identify where everybody is. It's quite convenient in that way. Yeah. 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 I mean, if I were fighting in another country, like if I were fighting in France, oh yeah, I'll fight by the uh, Eiffel Tower. Why not? Well, I I think it's explained in story because that's where the receivers are on the tall things, and we're all fascinated with tall things. Ah, uh, you're so right. Those are the all the monuments are really tall. Very clever. So that's true. Clever. That's how they that's how they get away with that. <laughs> right. Ah, that makes perfect sense. Okay, so they're fighting off all these hypnotized kids across the globe. Uh, meanwhile, Midnighter is back in sort of the command center, you might say, watching all this happen on the monitors. Uh, Cullen brings him a peanut butter sandwich, because that's all they have, I guess, is peanut butter. Um, and, uh, uh, Cullen says that they've heard from everybody on the team, which brings him comfort, except for Harper. And so he's worried about Harper. Uh, we flash over to Harper, and we see that Harper is with Mother, uh, in Mother's base in the Arctic Circle. And Mother conveniently has the Bat family on her monitors, too. Uh, Somehow she has a perfect shot of everybody all at the same time. Um, I have to assume some of her kids are wearing GoPros or something. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, uh, all right. Um, Mother is basically ranting to Harper um, about not only Mother's origin story, but also explaining to... Harper, that Batman abandoned her, and he's a big meanie, and kept her from her full potential. Um, so Mother does the uh, very Darth Vadery thing and wants Harper to join her, and hands her the Bluebird mask. Um, we go back to Dick, and <laughs> Azrael like jets down right in front of Dick in like a jet, like literally like <laughs> flies his jet like r- dangerously close to Dick, and lands. <laughs> And, uh, and they kind of, you know, Asriel shows up. He says, I'm going to kill Mother. Dick says, no, I'm not. You're not going to kill her. I'm not going to help you kill her. She needs to pay for her crimes. 
out in the light. You know, this is the classic, the age-old argument of do we kill the bad guy or do we punish her in front of the world or whatever, you know. Um, so anyway, they're, they're fighting about that. Uh, <clears throat> meanwhile, back to Mother and Harper. Mother seals them in, I guess, to her lair. She seals the upper chambers, which I don't know if that means, like, they're sealed in now. I have to assume that the, is that is that what you guys got from that? Yeah. Like they sealed themselves in because mother's crazy and this is her like end game or whatever. Um, okay. So meanwhile, Midnighter is seeing the team losing ground. So he decides to go help and he leaves Cullen in charge of this command center. Oh, you know, you can handle it, whatever. Meanwhile, Stephanie, who had been, had been holding back uh, as well, goes through one of the doors to Tokyo to help join the effort. Um, we go back, more mother talking about how weak and alone and abandoned Harper is. Uh, you know, she's still speechifying to Harper to try to get her over to her side. She ends up revealing Cass is uh, in a straitjacket and chains, and she gives Harper a blade and says that, you know, this is Harper's opportunity to cut ties with the Bat family and essentially take back what Batman stole, which is her life, I guess, in some way. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> was that, that, and that's where it ends. So, um, did I get everything right? That works for me, yeah. All right. Yeah. So, uh, Brian, you alluded before we started recording that uh, you have some interesting things to say about this issue zach you you felt like this was a very good issue for discussing um it sounds like both of you guys have more to say than i do so why don't zach why don't you take it away what did you think of the events of number 24 here i just really like this issue a lot um you know we we all three of us really liked the last issue and i feel like this was just more of that um but with you know orlando is just you know, we, we said like last issue, I think Genevieve Valentine scripted it, mm -hmm. um, but it felt like Steve Orlando. And so this was just actually Steve Orlando. Um, and then Alvaro Martinez, I think has been one of my favorite artists on the series. I thought this all, I thought his work here was really good, but my favorite bit, just the issue had me um, a few pages in when Tim started playing portal with the doors um, <laughs> at that point, I was just like sold on the entire issue. I think it might've been my favorite issue of the series so far. Mm. That's, that's some high praise. Yeah. I just, I liked it a lot. All right. So um, I, as I've alluded to a few times in the show, I try and do the show with the last couple of uh, issues near me. So I can sort of go back and reference things. And I guess this might be a little bit of nitpicking, but to me it seemed like the end of last issue, we were setting up Dick to be out of comm area. You know, yeah. He's, he's, he's definitely out of like door and satellite range. Right. But I thought we were supposed to be saying, okay, this is Dick now on his own. And then this issue begins with Dick talking on the comm again. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that was a bit odd to me. And then also it's odd to me that Last issue, Midnighter was in his civvies, and now he's, like, suited up, ready to go, sitting behind the computer. I just felt like there was a couple of weird bits of, 
like it just seems to be like very clear to see the stitching here where like they told Genevieve Valentine, all right, you have to end the issue in this place and Orlando, you gotta start the issue in this place. But they didn't go through like the exact machinations of that. Right. And so to me there's just a little bit of uh, of seams showing in this issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, that. that's a bit of a nitpick. Yeah, but... that that's kind of stuff doesn't I mean Yeah. I know what you're saying, but that, I never get hung up on that stuff. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, but yeah, I, overall, I thought it was a, a strong issue. I did. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily my favorite. I don't know if I'm going to go full Zach here, but I think it's certainly a very good issue, and I think it did a nice job of sort of doing the things that we've all been having fun with with this, seeing the Bat family do stuff together. And, uh, you know, for for the last few issues, this series has felt vital again. Mm -hmm. And I like that. Definitely. Yeah. So, Vince, you haven't really tipped your hand. What did you think of this issue? Well, I liked it a lot. Um, I feel like we're we're on a a little streak now, you know, with these last two issues. Um, I, I can't really say whether I liked last week or this week more i mean i think they blended pretty well one into the next and uh um you know i'm I'm just relieved that it seems like we're getting a pretty satisfying conclusion because we've only got what two weeks left after this or is it going to 28 no 26 26 that's mm-hmm. okay that's what i thought 26, yeah yeah so we're, we're headed towards the end here and it's not you know hopefully the hiccup came you know a couple issues ago and not not here at the end. Um, I mean, we can get deeper into it, but I think Zach said everything I wanted to say about the script and the art, and I thought Genevieve Valentine did a great job last week. I thought it was pretty seamless to go back to Orlando. I, I still think, like, I, I, I can't believe how well she got. Not, <laughs> I'm not trying to, this is in no way, like, discrediting her talent. I'm just saying, like, it's surprising that, that anyone could nail Midnighter the same way that Orlando did. And I think that Valentine did last week, you know, it was pretty, yeah, it was I pretty agree. seamless from week to week, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. Yeah. And so, so this is so far. And I guess Orlando's on again next week. I, I thought I saw him say on Twitter. I believe so. Yes. Yeah, I so, think so. So, um, this could end up being a really strong finish, you know, kind of the strong finish that, I don't think we felt Batman Eternal had, you know, the first time around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited about that. I'm excited to get into the details as to why I think that is. Um, so, so yeah, I guess I guess let's let's talk about the major sort of mm, turning point or plot point in the issue, which is Mother trying to recruit Harper to her cause, you know, um, on, on the one hand, I don't think that, (laughs) I don't think that mother really has the high ground right now because she's currently sealed herself in a, a prison of ice (laughs) basically. Right. Right. So like, but at the same time, Harper's extremely vulnerable right now. So I guess, the question that I have for you guys is, because this is something I thought about today when I read this, do you think that this is something, this heel turn or this 
potential distrust that Harper has now. Is that something that you think is going to go into Rebirth, or is it going to get sort of wiped away in these next two issues? What do you what do you think about that? Because if you, the potentially that could be the major thing that comes out of Eternal. Personally, I, I think it's all going to be wrapped up in a nice little package. Do you think so? Yeah, I, I think that this is going to be a very clear, like. To me, one of the downsides of Eternal is, with the exception of introducing Julia Pennyworth, that was an entirely self-contained story. Nothing that happened there has affected anything else. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is going to be more of the same. And that's that's not necessarily a knock on it. It's just it's certainly different than what we've kind of been used to. Right. Where the you know like we're used to sequential storytelling going on and on and on and never stopping. Right. And I feel like these these are very much beginning and end points. We're we're used mm-hmm. to blackest night folding into brightest day, which was supposed to fold into a bunch of other things mm-hmm. that never happened. You know. Right. Yeah. And and you're right. The same with like future's end. There's still a couple of things from future's end that are showing up in the ongoing series right now. But you're right, the the Eternal books, for the most part, haven't felt like there's anything that's going to spill over. And I guess that's why I brought the question up, because I'm so used to that being the case. You know, I feel like (laughs) surprised when there's not little plot threads left hanging, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't think it would be the worst thing in the world to have those plot threads there. Yeah. But I, I don't necessarily see it happening. And certainly I think you know whether they make it an actual plot or not there'll be it'll be mentioned again you know harper will mention like oh cassie screwed me over you know like well i have a feeling those two are going to wind up in possibly birds of prey together yeah so i feel like that might be a plot point that continues on through there but i i don't think i don't think this is going to end with harper distancing herself from the bat family i think more than likely it's going to end with both harper and cass becoming even more essential parts of the Bat family. That would be great, yeah. Yeah. If anything, I see, like, I I don't see Harper and uh, Cass having a negative relationship coming out of this. I think they're going to be resolved and be fine. If anything, I feel like we might see, like, some continued uh, tension between Harper and Bruce, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, so that's just that's just my thoughts on it. Yeah, I could see that. I, I think it's hard to kind of tell what's going to happen with Bruce because the last thing we've seen of Bruce is, well, are you guys both current as of Batman 49? Yes. Yes. Okay, so the last thing, again, spoilers for Batman 49, uh, the last thing we see of Bruce is him basically getting his old memories back. But we don't know if if the Bruce that we get, we're getting back is, you know, like one of the things that Bruce says in that issue is that, He's hopefully going to be a better Batman. You know that that he'll be a Batman without mm-hmm. some of the baggage. So we don't know. Bruce could see Harper and be this touchy feely dude and give her a big hug and say he's so sorry and that changes everything. Or he could be well, the cold yeah. bastard he's always been. You know, we just don't know yet. Well, I think I think it would be really interesting if, you know, maybe if like Harper maybe harbored a little ill will towards Bruce, but Bruce can't really see it because that was a different you know you know that was a different him basically you know what i mean like he can he can view those actions that's almost kind of like a third party 
a little bit. Like he, he knows he did them and he knows he did them. Um, that I feel like that would be an interesting conflict maybe because like, yeah, I could definitely see, like you said, him being this like touchy feely Batman trying to make it better and Harper just wanting none of that. Right. Um, so I don't know. Good. Interesting story potential. Absolutely. Um, the other thing I did want to talk about, we, we we touched on his art very briefly, but I think Martinez did a really, really nice job here. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, I think his mother is the best of anyone that's touched her in the series. I think putting like little scars on her face and just the detail he puts into her face really tells a lot about the character. I think he perfectly nailed the um, – there's this one shot of, of Midnighter when he's handed the peanut butter sandwich and he's giving Cullen this, this like, knowing look. And uh, you can't see his eyes. All you can kind of see is his mouth, but it's like a perfect little glance. He just does little character bits so, so well. And yet I also think his action stuff is quite good. I hope this is one of the guys we see have a big role in Rebirth. Yeah. Oh, for sure. This kind for of feels sure. like a star-making turn for him. Oh, but yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm just reading too much into that. Well, I... I yeah. hope I hope DC sees it. You know, I mean, yeah. What uh, what else has he done outside of kind of eternal related stuff? I think he's a relatively uh, new uh, DC writer. I mean, artist rather. Yeah. I, f- I feel like he's filled in on like some Lantern book or something before. I could be wrong about that. Anyway, but. Yeah, I'm, I'm pulling it up right now. I'm okay. pulling up his uh, his CV. If we're gonna be uh, academic about it, it looks like he did some Ultimate X Men. Oh yeah. Uh, for Marvel. Edit that out. We can't mention and like he Marvel did on this. Maybe some Harbinger. <laughs> he did an issue of Robin Apparently he War. Did some Aquaman. He did the Convergence Booster Gold book. Oh, I yeah, I really liked that. I I was happily Jurgens on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Would you say you're a Jurgens to completion? <laughs> Don't respond to that, Zach. He he said he was. So, oh, I didn't hear him. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Okay. <laughs> I didn't think we'd go off the rails this week, but thank you, Brian. Well, here we are. Here we are. All right, your your one thing. Okay, uh, my one thing is, uh, hey guys, they found Talon. Yeah, that was another thing. Was he in the last issue? No, he wasn't. Oh, no. Okay, I didn't think so. <laughs> I he, I thought he was dead for all I knew. You know. <laughs> yeah. What's really interesting is. Uh, I have a game planned for our next DC three cast, like a non eternal one. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. Talon plays a small part in that game. But um like there's a character <laughs> that I feel like had a big push there for a little while and then is completely petered out. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh to be to be I mean, fair, he, so he, has Batgirl. I mean, I mean Batwoman rather. Batwoman, but um yeah. yeah. Well Talon just came out of the, you know, he was riding the Court of Al High, Court right. of Al like and then didn't go over so well. Who wrote that book? Was uh, that wasn't it? Was that Tanyan? I think it was, yeah. But then I think Seeley took over. He did. The end. Tim Seeley took over at the end, yeah. Yeah, that 
I I don't know. That's one of those new 52 books I need to go back and give another shot. Do now you? that I feel like I do. I Well, I read like the first couple of issues and kind of liked it. Okay. I, I honestly don't I remember much on, of it. It's on my list of books that I want to go back and read, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's... Uh, I feel like the Bat family has been the the, the sole group that hasn't really been uh, that hasn't suffered too much from the New Fifty Two, especially in the new character department. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, like having Harper and Talon and Cullen and Mother, and you know, there's been a fair amount of Mister Bloom, you know, the Court of Owls. There's been a fair amount of growth still in the in the Bat books, and I feel like Talon is one of those guys who uh, unfortunately I think sometimes we forget about because he's, uh, you know, he, he he's a relatively minor character. Never yeah. forget. With a great <laughs> name, though. Isn't his name like Calvin Rose or something? Yeah, it is. Uh-huh. Yeah, he sounds yeah. like, a, he sounds like a, a DJ or something. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> the, the star of a new reality show. Yeah. <laughs> Who's yeah. going to marry Calvin Rose? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh, anyway, Zach, what's your one thing? Um, well, I guess I already mentioned it, but I just really liked the the portal bits with the doors because mm-hmm. <laughs> I that's one of my favorite games ever sure. is Portal, and like Martinez did a great job of like more so on the Tim part. I had a little bit of trouble following what was supposed to be happening with the doors and the Jason bit. I think I followed it, but just like the sense of motion and just like being able to capture like the momentum and what he was trying to do. And that scene, which I feel like is probably a pretty difficult thing to do um, when you're just drawing. Um, But I thought he did a really great job on it. That was probably, that was definitely my favorite part of the issue. Ah, so, so how good of a uh, GLaDOS would uh, Midnighter be? If you're t- if you're talking about he's Portal, got, are we leaving Brian behind here? You've got the snark for sure, but I feel like he's his voice is still probably too expressive. Yeah, <laughs> not monotonous enough. That's fair. That's fair. I have a Bart Simpson toy, guys. <laughs> I like Bart Simpson. I'm Bart Simpson. Who the hell are you? Yeah. <laughs> a guy who's never played Portal. <laughs> All right, my one thing is. Hey, we found Azrael. <laughs> so, so I kind of feel like, all right, I, I, here's, here's my thing. Like Azrael gets a lot of hate, okay, and I don't think it's deserved. Well, s- someone on this podcast is is rereading the Azrael book. Yeah, that's me. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, so yeah. So the reason I'm doing that is because I wanted to remember whether whether I really had any fondness for Azrael or whether like that's just manufactured nostalgia in my mind, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't know, I guess I don't, I'm not like crazy about him, but he gets a lot of hate and I think he was kind of an interesting character, um, to step in for Batman for a little bit. Like I like him as, a Batman analog that steps in from time to time or shows up occasionally. 
I don't like him as like the fo- like I read the Sword of Azrael miniseries that kind of gave his origin story, mm-hmm. and that is insane. Like, <laughs> do you remember much about Azrael's origin? Not at all. Enlighten me though. There's a lot of nudity. Like, characters are just <laughs> getting naked and fighting. And, like, you see a guy's, like, shadowy junk hanging. Like, that was a weird... <laughs> 90s DC was really weird. Like, this big burly guy gets nude and and starts fighting Batman, and you can see his dangle <laughs> going on in the shadows. And, like... That's, you know, that's bold. Yeah. I mean, not that there's anything wrong with that, but, yeah. like... Who wrote those issues? Um, It was uh, Denny O'Neill. Okay. I couldn't remember if it was Chuck Dixon or Denny O'Neill. Chuck Dixon uh, wrote. Chuck Dixon wrote. Like the I, Batman books with him, but not I, the origin books. The book, Batman right? books with him, and then there was a showcase. There was like a DC showcase issue. I imagine it was kind of like DC Universe Presents, you know? Yeah, yeah. Where it was a one issue summary of Azrael and what he's doing now that he's no longer. Like, it talks about his origin again, talks about what he's doing now that he's not Batman anymore, you know? It basically reset the table for him going into his solo book. Okay. Okay. That was written by Dixon, I believe. And then okay. for his solo book, at least in the beginning, at least in the issues that I've caught up with so far, it's O'Neill again, right? Okay. So, um, with and Joe Casada drew the um, yeah, the sort of Azrael mini, which was, but anyway, the point is, is like, I don't mind Azrael as a character. But I thought, like, let's just have him swoop down in a jet, like, right in front of Dick at just the right time. And they get in a fight, you know, like, I don't know. It seemed really convenient to me, and, like, they're trying to shoehorn him in. But I would not be opposed to him showing up, like, post-rebirth from time to time, you know? Like, yeah, if he's part of the Gotham sort of thing, you know, that's that's fine with me. I uh, I recently noticed a, f- a friend of mine who's a pretty big pro wrestling fan was like going nuts on Twitter recently about how they're just bringing in too much new talent. There's not going to be room for all these new people, and that's kind of how I feel about the Bat books right now. It's like I've I haven't been this interested in the Bat books in a real long time, but where are they going to fit all these characters? Right, right. You know, there's just only so many spots and so many books, and you know, I kind of think it'll be cool to have a Gotham team up book. That doesn't have any Batman or Robin in it, but like Azrael and Talon and you know maybe uh, Harper, you know just just kind of have those those characters and it's a book for themselves because I don't think that I, mean, I, I think history has proven that you know an Azrael or a Talon solo book is not what the world is clamoring for right now, but there's still a place for them beyond just like popping up in giant battle scenes in Batman books. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know, dudes. <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see, especially considering um, not that Batman has anything close to a shortage of titles coming out of Rebirth, but, uh, you know, they're definitely pairing it up a little bit because they're pairing everything across the board, you know? Right. Um, it'll be interesting how those bi-weekly books function because... Um, with faster releases, you, you have more story that you need to sort of pack in. It's almost gonna, it's almost gonna feel like a weekly at times. I'm sure. 
I uh, I am hoping this means the return of like uh, backup features. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because I would read the shit out of a Talon or uh, Azrael backup feature in Batman or, Te- or Detective. Sure. Yeah, I yeah I really liked that you know that era right before the new fifty two where all the four dollar books had backup features. There was the Atom, and there was mm-hmm. the Metal Men. Uh, I think there was a Manhunter one. Yep. Oh, that and, Manhunter uh, one. <laughs> that was my favorite. Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol. That was what Metal Man Metal Man was in. Was in the first few issues. Of oh, Doom you're Patrol. right. Yes. Okay. Um. What a glorious pairing that was. Oh my gosh, I loved that book. I need to do that for one of our. Uh, evergreen review sometime if i can ever go back and reread it i think that was the last given thing that i just no <laughs> omac omac was yeah oh sugar, sugar and spike i'm telling you he's bad i'm gonna i'm gonna read it this weekend i am so we'll see are we uh are we just about wrapped up yeah i think so um yeah so only two more weeks to go um this is a lot better when we're not writing something. <laughs> I'm really <laughs> glad we're doing a podcast and not a weekly column. Yeah, um, much less fatigue. <laughs> all right, so uh, thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, if you want to f- follow us, we're on multiversitycomics.com. We post the podcast there. We, From time to time, we do articles, I guess. You can find lots of other great articles there, right? Yeah. Um, if you want to find me individually... Um, getting real mad about stuff that has nothing to do with comics. I'm on Twitter at VJ underscore O-S-T-R-O-W-S-K-I. And uh, Brian, where are you? I am at Brian Needs a Nap on Twitter. That's Brian with an I, never a Y. All right. And Zach is available <laughs> at, at Happily Jerkized. At... <laughs> <laughs> dot, dot net. <laughs> <laughs> no, Zach, where are you at... really? At, at Sir Fox 89. <laughs>